Shri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Shri Nishinga Chaturasi Mahamotsava ki jai Shri Shri Gorada Madhava ki jai Gaur Bhaktabinda ki jai Gaur Premanande Good morning everyone So this is the last uh, discussion that we'll participate in for the festival. It's been very nice so far. And um, I'll try to be a little briefer this morning. And in conjunction with the discussion, well, really, we I want to, well, I'm going to extend the initiation, the uh, Harinam, the blessing to chant the holy name under good guidance, uh, and also extend the mantra diksha to some uh, students who've already received a blessing to chant, uh, and so I want to talk about that. Um, and I'm sure it'll carry us to some extent into the further brief but further discussion of the uh, auspicious event for which we have gathered. Prahlad was initiated too. Hmm? That was a very special event. It is mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm? There, Naradasya Prasadena Prahlade Subhavashana. This is an example of Naisargiki or Perfection by mercy, and mercy comes um, in two forms. Either the blessing of Krishna, which is comes in three forms, by his words, by his personal presence, or just from within the heart. And so that's one type of blessing from Krishna. <laughs> And then the other from the devotee of Krishna. This is called Nasargiki, or we sometimes call Kripasiddha. Hmm? Perfection by, by grace. And then, of course, the standard, that is the exception to the rule, the standard is perfection by sadhana. Hmm? Perfection here means bhava, which is further cultivated into prem, so... Baba by mercy, Baba by, by sadhana. Sadhana is the rule, and mercy or kripa is the exception. So we hear sometimes devotees saying they're relying on kripa siddha. Don't don't do that. <laughs> it's like trying to live your life based on the hope that you'll win the lottery. You could get old and remain quite poor. With that in mind, so still. It happens, and there are extraordinary examples of it, and therefore we, we, we know about that. And uh, in discussing it, Rupa, Rupa Goswami, Sri Rupa Goswami Prabhupada has given an example of Prahlad, actually. It's just coming to my mind now as we sit and talk. Hmm? Notice the language also. Hmm? That Narada Siprasadena, by the mercy of Narada, hmm? that... Um, Perlade, in Perlad, hmm? Subhavashana, 
auspicious impressions of bhakti. Hmm. Impressions come from outside, huh? and then they influence us in a particular way, and then are, then they are cultivated within. Sometimes people ask, "Well, is, you know, is, uh, we hear it, of course. Is, do I get the love of Krishna inside, or does it come from outside?" So the seed of that, the point is, it comes from outside hmm? through the bhakti sanskar. Vasana means sanskar. Hmm? So Prahlad was in the womb, hmm? and um, Narada's, as I, I think I mentioned it the other day, he was speaking the Bhagavatam to Narada's to Prahlad's mother, Narada was, and but his intentions were that the, the impressions of bhakti that were in the heart of Narada that he was sharing through his discourse hmm, would go into the womb and bless Prahlad. Hmm? So Guru is not just a teacher. Prahlad, in other words, was not understanding the teaching He was uh, <laughs> giving discourse on the Bhagavatam, so many points being raised, and so on and so forth. Hmm? He just felt the impressions. Hmm? Guru should be able to teach also, therefore, Shabde Pare, Chanishnatam. He or she should be understand the theistic Shabde Pare, the theistic uh, conclusions of the Shabda, of the, of the, of the revealed scripture. And uh, Nishnatam should understand very well um, and be able to present them to clear the doubts and so forth. But also, and I should say also, that is really only possible if Brahmane Upashamashrayam, he or she, the Guru, is standing on the firm ground of being Brahman. Hmm? And if that standing on the ground of Brahman is based on a theistic understanding of the Shabda, of the sacred sound, then um, then this is, we're speaking about some standing in Brahman in the context of bhakti. And Krishna is the Param Brahma. So, some ability to bless this idea. If you've been able to harness the uh, human passions, this is mentioned at the onset of the Upadesh Amrita. Vachu Vegam, Manasa, Krodha Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udarapasta Vegam, Etan Vegam, Yoga Sahita Dira. Sarvam apimam prithivim sasishat. Such a person can, 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 can bless. So Narada was such a person to see the power of his blessing. It's not that Prahlad, as I say, was understanding the theory hmm, in the womb. He came out predisposed towards dasya bhakti, which is the, the bhava of Narada. Hmm. Predisposed. Uh, um, so this is something we learned uh, it came up I should say in the course of our discussions 
that um, the love of God, the sentiments for Krishna, the sentiment that we will develop in due course, it had the seed of that is impressions from devotees of a similar uh, sentiment in previous lives and in this life. In order for the impressions, however, to reach the intensity of bhava, they need to be cultivated. So this is the the role then of sadhana. So typically, obviously, we, we say that the main course is sadhana, but it's it's not entirely by any means divorced from mercy. Get the mercy of good association and so forth. Impression comes. In another way, it's spoken about bhakti lata beach, so the seed has to be planted. But then it needs to be cultivated also. So this is the sadhana. It needs to be cultivated well to reach the intensity of bhava. It is said that uh, it uh, it takes impressions from a previous life and this life. So, if your impressions are coming for the first time in this life, the teaching is you will not attain bhava in this life. But if the impressions are coming from this life and previous life. Hmm. or previous lives. Hmm. The implication is, the, the import is, the impressions must be strong, hmm. and the cultivation must be also serious, obviously, to attain bhava. So, Prahlad's case is very extraordinary. So we, we gathered for a typical uh, initiation, and we... You speak about the theory, we hope you'll understand the theory, that will help, and so on and so forth. But, um, uh, and, uh, and, and sharing the, of the faith, uh, and so forth, through the imparting of the mantra. Um, but uh, we're inspired by the example of Prahlad, and it, it, it brings to mind the importance of the connection with the sadhu. It's important in sadhana siddhi and through, through perfection through sadhana as it is through perfection arising from uh, extraordinary grace. After all, we have to now remember that Prahlad was in an extraordinary situation. So, uh, we're in a more typical situation. So, the standard procedures. Hmm? <coughs> But both things are there, so we wonder sometimes, or these devotees wonder, where does it come from outside, does it come from within? It, in a sense, it comes from both. It comes from outside, the impressions, and then inside you have to cultivate that. So th- this is the, the, the effort, if you will. Hmm? Make the effort to take advantage of the opportunity. <coughs> There's an example given in the Ramanuja Sampradaya where there are two, two branches that... Um, have come about. One is called the cat branch, the other called is the, called the monkey branch. And so um, this refers to the equation of mercy and effort. 
grace and effort. Hmm. So in the cat sector, it's thought that we have nothing to do. Simply Bhagawan gives his mercy and then it's possible for us to be liberated. And the example is the cat who carries the kitten by the back of the neck. Cat picks up, mother cat picks up the kittens between her teeth and moves them. They just do nothing. <laughs> Something like that. And then the monkey school is different. The monkey school is is that the mother monkey carries the baby monkey like this on the stomach. and But the monkey baby has to hold on. Hmm. And then from tree to tree, swinging like anything, she goes. Hmm. So our um, system is similar to the monkey system. You have to have the monkey mother who has the capacity to swing from tree to tree and so forth and, and then you have to hold on tight, something like that. So as I often say, make effort to to acquire uh, grace, position yourself in such a way that sadhus will be uh, naturally disposed towards towards you favorably. Mm. And so with that said, um, <clears throat> we will speak a little bit about initiation, and we're going to speak a little bit about it from the system given in the Sanat Kumar Samhita. After all, we're the Kumaras were uh, uh, headlining the discussion yesterday, and they're important in this whole um, auspicious event of the appearance of Nisringa and Prahlad. Um, <clears throat> We should understand they are players in a, in the drama. Hmm. We have to reflect back on the fact that they are also avish avatars of Bhagawan. They're extraordinary people, and so they played a little bit of a bad guy role here <laughs> in this particular event to help us understand the difference between Gyan and Bhakti. But again, Sanat Kumar Samhita gives us the whole. Uh, uh, the method of initiation that was adopted by Bhakti Vinod, who wrote about it, Pancha Sangskar. Hmm? Sangskar means those vasanas, impressions, and so forth. Um, so he includes five of these impressions that are to be uh, um, kind of physically, well, to be imparted uh, to the disciple at the time of initiation. Tapa, Pundra, Nam, Mantra, and uh, Yajna. Hmm. Well, Bhaktivinoda was uh, had drawn this from the Snatkumar Samhita, wherein the ideal, <coughs> the highest ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the, the 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 idea of handmaidenship to Radha, hmm, is found, and is found in some detail there, in more detail than it's found in the Goswami's books who were all Manjaris, but didn't write too much about themselves, or their own, their own bhav, directly. But of course, the knowers, thoughtful, able to draw that out and see, show this is what, the way in which Mahabharu has made it possible for the devotees to come as close to tasting what he himself came to taste. Hmm. So, there, 
we, 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 we draw upon the grace of the Kumaras in this bhakti context. We talked about them as jnanis, and they were, and they played this role and so forth in the drama to help us understand some very important points. Panchasamskara, so there's, these are five, um, five pancha items, uh, tapa. Tapa means uh, austerity, um, penance. Um, it's, uh, you might think, uh, something that's typical of the jnanis, their path is very austerity uh, laden, if you will. Uh, as I mentioned, in Gyanmarg we advance by vairagya, by detachment. In bhakti we advance by what? Attachment. Right. That would be called sangha, right? As opposed to vairagya. Very good. So. Vairagya unto itself is a little um, troublesome detachment. And sometimes you find these jnanis and tapasvis, uh, it's a little different. The tapasvi is quite extreme, dressing in ashes and bathing up to the neck in the, in the Ganges at, all night in the winter. And then in the daytime, in the summer, exposing themselves to the sun and surrounding themselves by fire to, to uh, confront the extremes, the dualities of heat and cold, which are said to be only in the mind, and to, and to try to grin and bear it and realize, and take this, well, this is what the Gita says, so hot and cold, it's no difference. I have to demonstrate that to myself, I have to validate this those scriptural texts. So this is a very um, difficult uh, path, if you will. <clears throat> so tapa is um, found in a, in, a, in a much softer form in Vaishnavism. Hmm? Again, our renunciation, our vairagya, is a byproduct of our loving. And the tapa, with regard to the ceremony of initiation, is particularly soft as it's coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The tapa or the penance that in, in, in implies some kind of a physical um, uh, austerity or denial hmm, of the demands of the body, comforts, senses, and so forth. Um, in the, uh, for example, the, the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya, famous Sampradaya, the tapa is that you take the, the, like the branding iron, and you'll brand or tattoo, really, a little, I don't think it was quite as sophisticated as the tattoo parlors that we have right now, but uh, that's probably a little painful too. I never had one, but um, they take the branding iron and brand on the arm, the, the conch, the, the lotus, the, the, the symbols of, of Vishnu. For example, hmm? I've seen um, um, some Indian sadhus tattooed with the name of Ram all over their whole body. Hmm? Ram, 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 Ram. Hmm? So they're saying something very important to us, and it's a powerful s- statement. At the time of initiation, what did Mahabharata would say, you get a sadhaka deha, 
Your body now is the bo- is not the body of a conditioned soul. It's the body of a practitioner, and it belongs to Guru and Vishnu. Hmm? And so you've got your you know identification card, and they ask you at the airport identification. And Prabhupada, uh, in this regard, put on his passport application uh, distinguishing bodily characteristics. Vishnu Tilak. <laughs> now that's the second thing in our in our uh, sanskar, second sanskar, the pundra, the tilak. I'll get to that, but but the the tapa also this is was is a powerful identification. It doesn't matter which Vaishnava you are. I'm a Vaishnava. Okay, you're okay then. Vaishnava. He's Vaishnava. She's Vaishnavi. Come on in. Hmm. So they used to brand the students. Hmm? So they were these are serious people. They were making a serious commitment here, and it was being made public and known indelibly. Hmm? Right? This is this is who I belong to. This is what my body is for, and so forth. Hmm? We have, uh, of course, that that's. There's more, so that's that's not enough. The 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 the, the, uh, the Kumaras were also tapasvis and ganis, but they couldn't get into they couldn't get into Vaikuntha, and there's a re- reason for that. That that's because, well, I'll get to that. But 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 in our um, school, in the Chaitanya Sampradaya, then the tapa is, well, it's like our leader, hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's very soft. It's like our goal, prem. It's very, very soft. Hmm? The prem of Braj, it's a, it makes for a very, very soft, very forgiving nature. It's like the ragmarg is the absence of the strictness, if you will, the rule-oriented bhakti of, of, uh, of Baikuntha. It's not that we don't have rules, and it's lawless here, but, but the... The ideal there we find it is lawless love. They are going, gopis foregoing the dharma and meeting with Krishna and so on and so forth. So very soft-hearted. It's characterized the prem of Braj by soft-heartedness. Hmm. And so our Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gaur Krishna, he's very magnanimous, hmm. very soft. So the tapa is what that we 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 mark with tilak or the clay from the holy dam, or with sandalwood paste, we mark the body with the name of Krishna or the symbols of the Bhagwan in some way. Hmm. This is a very gentle form. Unfortunately, you can wash it off. <laughs> but uh, if the impression, the sangskar is strong enough in terms of the power behind it and, and your willingness some cult to, to make make a wish. I want to be a Vaishnavi. Then hmm. it will it will stay with you. That's a two. It's a two way street here. To some extent. To some extent. Prahlad's was kind of a one way street. Nara just did it. <laughs> but uh, again, that's the exception. So, so so tapa. So we will mark the bodies of all the initiates. And some of you have already had this done because you received a Harinam initiation. So um, we won't be doing it again this time. Uh, 
Um, but for uh, his first initiation, we'll do. Um, so, tapa. <laughs> and then comes Pundra. I mentioned that the, uh, the Kumaras had tapa. I mean, they were tapasvis. They, they were naked. That could get a little cold. Um, so, <laughs> but we note that by the tapa alone, they couldn't get into Baikuntha. Now, why they couldn't get into Baikuntha? Why they were stopped at the gate? Hmm? It's because they weren't wearing any tea lock. <laughs> That's very simple. So, so Pundra, this is the next thing. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> So that you yes, can be readily, more even more readily identified as a devotee. We also, of course, ornament the devotees with the kunti mala, the tulsi neck beads, and so forth. Hmm. But the punda refers to the Vishnu, Vishnu tilak. And in, in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, there are different paribars: there are bhakti vinod paribar, shamananda paribar, narottam paribar, and so forth. All the families or communities coming from different. Um, saints, sadhus, in the line who were prominent enough to have the lineage named after them, Shamananda Paribar, Narottam Paribar, Bhaktivinoda Paribar, so forth. They all have different tilaks, all slightly different tilaks. So you could see in there's this is Shamananda Paribar, this is Narottam Paribar, Bhaktivinoda Paribar, hmm. and similarly other Vaishnava Sampradaya. Oh, there's Nimarkis, so on and so forth, balavas. So it's a very nice uh, idea. Hmm. So we give the tilak, pundra, hmm. tapa, pundra, nama. Hmm. Nama is the next thing. And nama here means to, to uh, two things. It, it means for the first initiates to impart the name hmm. and to give a name, das, dasi, to, this, to the student. And uh, we impart the nam in the form of the of the nam mantra that recommended by Mahaprabhu. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari 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 Ram, Hari Ram Ram Ram, Hari Hari. Hmm. In the case of the uh, parting of the diksha, mantra means the diksha mantra, the eighteen syllable mantra that is the the uh, the mother of all Gopal Krishna mantras. Hmm. There, the, the ten-syllable one, twelve, so forth, derived from that. This is the main one. Hmm. And then there's some other, also, mantras. There, we give the Gopal mantra, or the Krishna mantra, eighteen-syllable mantra, and the Kam Gayatri, and the Gaur mantra, and the Gaur Gayatri, the Guru mantra, and the Guru Gayatri. And we give the Brahma Gayatri also in our, our Paribar. Hmm. So, Tapa, Mantra, Tapa, Pundra, Nam, Mantra, and Yogya. And Yogya refers to, for the ones who receive the, the Diksha Mantra, the, the uh, Archan, they, they have the Mantra now, so they can worship the deity who corresponds with the Mantra, and whose Mantra is invoked in the various ritualistic uh, procedures, in the, in the realm of ritual by which we communicate with the symbolic representation of Krishna, known as Archa Vigraha, hmm? Srimurti. With regard to those receiving the Nam, Harinam initiation, Yogya means Nam, Nam Sankirtan. This is the Yogya of Kali Yuga. Hmm? 
So this is the system actually um, given in Sanat Kumar Samhita. And Bhaktivinoda followed this, wrote about it himself as well. <clears throat> so we'll proceed with that and um, and we should understand also that the um, acceptance into the Vaishnava Sampradaya in this way through through ritual, through through these bhakti sangskars um, in the initiation, it does for us exactly what Hiranyakasipu wanted to do and more, but was unsuccessful. And this is a nice point to remember because, as you know, he uh, sought immortality. Hmm? He had approached uh, Brahma Hiranyakasipu, of course, this is one of the gatekeepers. I don't know which one it is, Jai or Vijay, but... Um, he had, uh, he had, he was also had performed tapa. Hmm? Okay, so he had performed great austerities. It's very interesting to think about because, um, in effect, uh, he didn't believe in Vishnu. At least he didn't believe in Vishnu in the way the devotees believe in Vishnu. He knew there was a Vishnu, but so what? Okay. He didn't. He thought he was someone who could be conquered, hmm? who could be overcome, hmm? who uh, uh, may have set up some system, but he could beat the system and so forth. So devotees, they don't, they don't think like that. Hmm? Um, and uh, so he, he basically wanted to kill Vishnu. He actually was very upset because his brother had been killed by Vishnu, Hiranyaksha. So these are the first births of the gatekeepers, Jai and Vijay, in the world, as Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakasipu. Hiranyaksha was killed by Braha, the boar incarnation, and Hiranyakasipu uh, wanted to avenge the death of his brother, and so he gathered his, some associates and so forth and reasoned about it, and... and uh, he said, you know, these devotees are all so making so much about this Vishnu and um, he's just a pig. That's what he said. He's just a pig. Hmm. Why should we take him seriously? Hmm. He killed my brother and I'm going to kill him because he had appeared as a boar. It's a pig. Hmm. Pig, he's a turtle, a pig. But, you know, uh, so was a big turtle. So what? And then they fantasize about him and blow it out of proportion and tell the story. And next thing you know, he's doing all kinds of miracles. Pigs don't perform miracles. Somehow he was lucky. Hmm? My brother must have slipped in the pig yard or something like that. Got run over, you know. So <laughs> the point is that the story, the implications of it, he's not, he doesn't take the God idea uh, very, very seriously. And and the God idea of the devas, who they also like Vishnu, but they like Vishnu for certain reasons. They are sakama devotees, so they have desires, material desires, and they know, well, if Vishnu is pleased, then my desires will be fulfilled, and so forth. So this kind of magical thinking was uh, something that the Hiranyakasipu kind of 
saw through as being rather superficial and uh, and he, he 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 questioned it so he thought that he could achieve or accomplish acquire more on his own effort it didn't require any bowing down to somebody you know he just thought that this vishnu was like the wizard of oz just pull a curtain you know and just some old guy in there you know making <laughs> sounds and and so forth so this is what was his thinking. This is the common thinking today in, in, amongst many people um, in the world that religion is just some superstitious idea and, and, and they've taken historical characters in some instances and then just fabricated miracles and and so forth and, and so on. And some magical thinking, they're hoping they're going to get this or that or earthquake happened because God is unhappy and what, uh, all these kind of things, and, and 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 there's a lot of truth to what they think. There is a whole lot of superstition that surrounds um, uh, religion and um, blind faith. Shudermarsh was quick to point out that if there's blind faith, of course, there must be a kind of seeing faith. We talked a little bit about that last night. How the Bhagavad asked us to believe, but only after opening our eyes to something that was right before us that we had, we couldn't see without its help. And see that was very profound, so it changed our whole perspective on the world. What am I? Hmm? And then, in the context of that, it, 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 Krishna is introduced himself, introduces himself as who he is, and there we have to believe that. But it's believable hmm? because it's unbelievable what he vision he gave me, what a new angle of vision he gave me, and how. My prospect in life has just become so so bright, hmm? and uh, now I'm on the path of survival of the kindest, hmm? something like that. By kindness we will survive, and I was just on the other end of the spectrum, by conquering over. Jivo jivasya jivanam, one living being is food for another, watching your back all the time, hunters and hunted, suddenly a whole new perspective. Hmm? And that growing uh, and uh, uh, um, acquisition in the meaning and substantial and enduring sense comes from giving a transrational idea. Because as I said, as I've said at other times, if you if you have ten and you give away five, you, the math says you have less. The logic says you have less. But our experience is that when we give, we get more. We become more. It's not something we can hold up and show. I got this, but we, but people can see it in our eyes, in our actions. Hmm? We're bigger people. We didn't grow any bigger, but we're bigger, qualitatively bigger. Hmm? So, having entered into that perspective that I'm an atma, not a body, and so forth, and and then the Gita concludes with a whole after a whole. Uh, discussion of, of different types of yoga hmm? means by which the self will be revealed. It ultimately rests in the sixth chapter with the yoga of bhakti. Hmm? And then Bhagwan, the object of bhakti, is, is introduced and we have to believe in him, but we have good reason to believe in him now, suddenly. Hmm? Um, so there is a lot of blind faith and there are books that are held sacred by some that really just ask us kind of to believe. 
And uh, we, if we're fortunate to have a book, our book, that, that asks us to believe but gives us really good reason uh, to do so. Hmm? Um, but a lot of the opposition to religion in the world today is, is because it's not supported that well uh, in many instances by, by good, good reasoning. What is the nature of being, the nature of consciousness, and so forth, for example. So, anyway, this uh, Hironi Kasipu, he was actually a pretty smart fellow and um, very capable and um, in many respects. And he, what he did was he turned away from religious ritual and whatnot and the ple- appeasing and pleasing of the gods' ideas and so forth. And, and um, he turned to austerity, to, to tapa, to penances, and, and, and secular meditation, really. Hmm. which is becoming a, a popular buzz term. Hmm. We don't need religion, all this religious superstitious baggage, um, and these ideas, these people meditate, you know, from times gone by, and they say they experienced that they are eternal. Hmm. Um, obviously, they didn't know what they were talking about. They, you know, they didn't realize that just certain, what do you call them, neurons were firing in a certain way and it was pretty cool the experience and so forth and it felt like you were eternal but obviously that's just they're um, less than rational scientifically observable um, uh, imagination as to what it is that they're experiencing you know it might be a kind of a cool thing that if you meditate because if you meditate, you can become peaceful. You could tap into, you know, zones of your mind and consciousness that you didn't know. And then who knows what you could get, <laughs> what you could have, and, 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 and so forth. And uh, uh, so there's some, some people who think like this. Is, well, you know, we give a little, little credence to meditation. Of course, it's not what people think it is. It's not like you actually... There's actually something in there called you hmm? that's different from the body that lives on beyond the, the demise of, of the biological organism. It's not like that. These are just fairy tales and so forth. So, so in fact, you know, we can do meditation and we can do other things and, and probably, you know, for all intents and purposes, we, we, we can make ourselves immortal. We've got a better way, actually, to make ourselves immortal than imagining ourselves to be so by meditation. Meditation might be good, it make, might make us a little more peaceful and so forth. And Maybe we can bring out aspects of the brain that we didn't have before and then we can figure out the practical ways to attain immortality. Hmm? Um, they're working on it. You know, it's, a, it's, it's said to be a, a rich person's, um, what do you call it, uh, possibility. Hmm? Um, so there's quite a bit of money, I've uh, been told, being channeled into the prospect of immortality, hmm? uh, mechanical, biological immortality, hmm? which would really make a huge rift between the 1% and the 99%. The 99% would definitely kill the 1%. <laughs> So, 
I don't know if they'll get immortality. Hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, this is the this is it's a good example because they are they probably can increase the aging and so on and so forth. But what problems will come with that? It's just again you press down here, it, it comes up over there and so forth. So, it's a this is a this is a Kasipu perspective hmm, that we will attain immortality. In, in the laboratory. Like I said before, I mean, you want to do away with God, we don't need, we dispense with God, but you clearly can't dispense with God. If God is the controller of nature, and so, you know, we say there's no controller of nature, but then we become the controllers of nature. We, we, we change the nature of nature, and there we are. You just can't get around it, so. Hmm. Who's a better God? Krishna or, you know, whomever. Hmm. In the laboratory, um, Krishna is. <laughs> so you can see, as I'm talking about it, it's a very contemporary story. Actually, the uh, the uh, very pertinent to contemporary society. Hiranyakasipu was the fellow who had who he, his name means enjoyment. Really, Hiranyakasipu, gold gold bed, gold and soft bed, something like that. So money and and the soft bed. This is that's what makes it something like that. So that was his name, and that was he, what he was pursuing. And he went so far as to pursue it through tapa, hmm? through austerities, and and uh, he said that he stood on one leg for a long time. Hmm? And uh, but but his goal, although his 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 actions were in the direction of renunciation. Hmm? After all, he stood on one leg and fasted and so forth. His goal was just was just the opposite, was acquisition. Hmm? So these are the two sides, as I said before, of the coin of material life, boga and tyag. Boga means to acquire, to try to, to be involved in acquisition with the thought that I'll become more by acquiring. Hmm? And the other side of the same coin is renunciation, so tag. I go to acquire it, and then I give it up. Hmm. Then I go back to it, and I give it up. Bog and tag, and just keeps moving back and forth. And you never go anywhere. You just go from one side to the other. Hmm. You take the burden that you have, you're carrying on one shoulder, and you put it on the other shoulder. Oh, that feels good for a while. And then you have to move it to your head. Oh, that feels good for a while then back to the other shoulder, something like that. Hmm? So just to shift the burden around, but never never, never be, uh, have it lifted altogether. Hmm? This is our attempt in material life. And so we, we make an attempt towards bog, it results in tyag. In other words, I try to acquire, and I chase around to get a relationship. I finally catch her or him, and and then... Then, you, then you, after a while, you think, how can I get out of this gracefully? Oh, my God. <laughs> so then we were on the tag side. So we went for boga, then for tag, and then after tag for a while, I said, try that, try that again. There must be somebody out there. So second time, third time, fourth time. It's very popular down in Alachua. Um, <laughs> but it's not what Prabhupada taught. <laughs> 
So, Bogantyag, that is not bhakti. Hmm. No. Hmm. It's a different coin altogether. Uh, it's not a penny, it's a whole silver dollar. Hmm. Golden coin. Hmm. Hmm. It's dedication. Dedication gives gives meaning to Bog and Tyag. Hmm. It gives them their place. They have a place in the context of dedication or bhakti. Jiva goes. We 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 here. We're gathering for to celebrate eligibility for bhakti. The, the required faith we find in our, the students. The, they want to embrace the mantra and go forward and so forth. Hmm. Rupa Goswami has said about that that the qualification for bhakti is shraddha, but also there's a disposition that goes with that. Shraddha means faith, faith in the in revelation and so forth. And, a descending way of knowing. But there's something else, he said, also. You have to be a little bit, not too disposed towards bogue or acquisition, material enjoyment, and not too disposed towards renunciation. Hmm? In other words, neither one of them seem to work hmm? in one's mind. They're problematic. Hmm? Just in between. If you're too much on one side or the other, then your faith will take you to the to the karma mark, the, mark, the path of acquisition, or to the path of renunciation, gyan, tapas, and so forth. Hmm? So eligibility for bhakti requires just not dispose too much, to, opposed towards one or the other too much. A little room for one and the other. Hmm? Because why? Both of these are found in bhakti. So in bhakti there is some renunciation. We give up the things that aren't favorable for bhakti. And in bhakti there is some acquisition. We we embrace the things that are favorable for bhakti. Hmm? So these, you see, the bhog and tag, they, they find a healthy, um, uh, they take on a healthy role in relation to bhakti. They're like the maidservants to the bride of bhakti. Hmm? Um, they're there at the wedding, and they participate, and uh, and they and, and so on. So, um, so independent of bhakti, the world works like this. If we go to bhog, it ends up in tyag. We go to tyag, it ends up in boga. Hiranyakasipu hmm? hmm? is a good example. He wanted actually bhog. He wanted to acquire. Hmm? He wanted to acquire. It's a peculiar thing. He wanted to acquire, but it's not common in the, to the world today. He wanted to acquire immortality so that he could have without limitation. Of course, it's not well thought out because all the things that you could have would have to have immortality also. That's the beauty, of course, of Vrindavan. Everything is eternal, not just you. <laughs> Everything else as well. <laughs> Everybody else, everything else. So if you, you can attain immortality... Hmm? say, in this body, mm-hmm. and the things that you want to live eternally in association with, well, now you've got a problem. You've got to make everything else eternal. Otherwise, you're going to be suffering the passing of everything else forever. Oh, I'm still here. And everybody, and, and this, this, I have, that's gone a long time ago. This is it. And you start thinking, everything is temporary. Why do I want to be here? <laughs> All right, nothing, nothing remains. Only I remain Oh, God. It's painful. Hmm? So, again, these are not such clear, uh, well-thought-out strategies as the 
strategy for immortality given in the Bhagavatam, given in the Gita. Hmm? Right? In bhakti, as I say, you can take your friends with you. In jnana, even you can't. Hmm? No, there's no friends in jnana. In bhakti, there's friends. Hmm? In the whole world. Uh, everything, everything. In nam chintamani, or the chintamani, prakrasadmasu kalupa brikshalakshabriteju suravirabhipalayanta. Everything alive there. Hmm? Singing is... Walk, the talking is singing, the walking is dancing. What must be the dancing? What must be the singing hmm, of that place? Hmm. We talked about it a little bit with Panchatapa's question last night. Hmm. The devotee makes the inanimate animate. Hmm. Yeah, the devotee is the holy, the holy place. So the Saranyakasipu's strategy was, 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 well, what it was, it wasn't very re- well reasoned, but he pursued uh, immortality in the context of trying to acquire. And so he stopped acquiring overtly, and he did the tag, and he stood on one leg for a long time, and, and uh, very powerful austerities. Because he performed these austerities, you see, the devas, the gods and the goddesses, they became... Um, powerless in relation to him because the power of the devas and the power of the sense objects hmm, is only derives from our attachment to them. Hmm. Sense objects have a power over us if we have attachment for them. If we lend ourselves to them and identify with them, then they have a power over us. If we don't, they have no power. Hmm? So the devas have power. They are made out of nature, if you will. Hmm? Right? Hmm? They are manifestations of nature. They're not, they're not spiritual. Hmm? The gods and goddesses, the sun gods, you know, the, uh, the ocean gods, and so forth. They're made out of oceans and suns and, and so forth. Hmm? Uh, and so, the point is that they have power over those who have desires. Hmm? Those who have desires, the gods have powers over, but, but, or who want things. So, Hiranyakasipu, he wanted things, but he, he didn't want them. He didn't go, he didn't overtly want them. He, he gave up things. He gave up things to get things. And this was a curious a path that he took. So he took a kind of secular meditation to, and austerities and so forth. And, and, and the gods, well, if this guy doesn't want anything, he, he, we're powerless in relation to him. Hmm? And so they all were very much troubled. They approached Brahma, of course, and then one thing led to another, and Brahma had to give him an addiction by his, his power of austerity. Hmm? Brahma gave him the benediction that he wouldn't die at night or in the land or the day or the sea and so on and so forth. And as I said, he thought he beat the system. He tried to cover all of his bases and so forth. And his objective was to immortally, eternally enjoy material comforts and so forth, which even the devas don't do. Hmm? Although their lives are long and would appear as such from our point of view, might as well be, be forever if you were told today, you're going to live for 10 billion years. You think, well, I got a little time to, you know, take it easy for a couple of weeks here. Yeah. 
So, um, these are all the miscalculations of uh, materialism in one form or another. And Haranikasi Poo's upstairs is a nice example. See how the gatekeepers are so kind to teach us by their example how not to be in the context of offering Mirarasa to, to Narayan. Hmm? So, the point anyway is that everything really the well the, the immortality let's say that Harnikasipu wanted and all the effort he put into to get it and 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 the whole the disturbance of the whole universal order as as the thought that uh, came about as a result of his pursuits all of which ended in in complete failure hmm? all of that and much 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 more was accomplished by Perlod hmm? by doing what we're doing. Hmm? Influenced by Narada, as he was with bhakti, sanskar, then he took to practicing bhakti, to hearing and chanting. His father wanted to live forever. He thought he had he'd beat the system. Hmm? And with every... every blessing that he got from Brahma... Hmm? practically. You won't die by this method or by that method or by that method and so forth and so on. By every blessing he got that by which he thought he had avoided death, hmm, he turned all of those things on his son Perlod. Tried to kill him in the day, tried to kill him in the night, tried to you know tried to kill him by weapons, tried to kill him by animal either by the, by man, by animals, by weapons and, and all of practically all of the ways that he was thought he had avoided death he tried to kill Prahlad with all of those methods. And none of them worked. Hmm? None of them worked. Hmm? Yoga chemam bahamiyaham, Krishna says. I'm behind you there. Hmm? If he's behind you, then you have no problem. Hmm? So he says, I, I carry what my devotee has. Uh, it lacks, uh, lacks what they lack. I preserve what they have. And Prahlad's devotion was like from from his birth. Very, he's very extraordinary, as we as we know. So, um, his his childhood was very um, very extraordinary. When a child cries, then they go, oh, he's crying. Give him some milk or something, or hold him and something like that. He was crying because he lost the vision of Krishna. Hmm? Then he would laugh and, and smile because again he saw Krishna. Hmm? And he was experiencing union and separation, and, and the people didn't understand what, you know, he just looked like an ordinary child. Very special to us also because he's born outside of the Varnashram. He's a Daitya, like us. Hmm? And the Gita Krishna says, amongst Daityas, I am Prahlad. Hmm? Amongst the castless out, outcasts and so forth. It means also that the bhakti that we practice, it, it tra- transcends the Varnashram. Hmm. It's that's it's it's above that. Hmm? We have no concerns for the the uh, the um, constraints of Varnashram. They don't they don't have any bearing on on bhakti. Hmm? It's a different path altogether. We uh, honor some elements of it: hygiene and sattvic sensibilities and so forth, especially with regard to deity worship and so on. But. But uh, uh, and, and Prahlad is a good example, right? He was outside of the Varnashram. After the story of Ranikasipu and all the ten chapters, Prahlad speaks about Varnashram. Hmm? 
and he he puts it in he puts it in perspective. He also gives a Vaishnava form of Barnashram, and he says, "But this is some mixed form of bhakti. Better to do pure bhakti." And this is what Rupa Goswami is teaching: Uttam bhakti, Gyan karmadi anavritam, not covered by Barnashram, karma, or by Gyan sensibilities. Hmm? That oh, if this violates Barnashram, and I do that, then my standing in bhakti will be in question. No, no, think like that. That means that your bhakti is covered by concerns for for karma. Gyan karmari anavritam. This is Rupa Goswami's bhakti. So, uh, everything that Hiranyakasipu wanted and much, much more, of course, uh, Prahlad got, just by the, what we're doing. Hmm? This is the teaching. By hearing and chanting, he got immortality, and he got he got prame, hmm? much more. Really, the Kumaras had uh, an immortality, but again, they weren't wearing tilak; they couldn't get in to Vaikuntha. They weren't uh, they weren't devotees. Gradually, of course, from that time on, they became devotees, Shantabhaktas, and so forth. Hmm? And we honor them, hmm? but. Um, but uh, we uh, owe a great tribute to the example of of Prahlad, and um, we so with wholeheartedly we should embrace this. Um, what this all is about, really, this is all that opportunity for Bhakti Sangskar um, to get some impressions of, uh, on our chitta about Bhakti that will you know, accumulate in time and just become the driving force. In our life, Prahlad was born like this, the driving force. This chitta was was full of impressions of of bhakti from from Nard, and so it it it, 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 it said that he moved around the desire to please Krishna, just like someone moves under a particular astrological influence. You know, Govinda Maharaj, the successor of Sridhar was a very expert astrologer, and he said. The only problem with astrology is that there's one planet that's not included in the chart, and that is Golok. Mm-hmm. And Golok, this is the planet that comes into your life on when we, when we get initiated into the chanting of the holy name. Narutam Thakur says, Golok, the wealth of of preem, hmm? of the, 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 the wealth of Golok that is its preem. This is its preem. After all, it's, it's been described, Nam Chintamani, or, or I should say, um, what is it? I just quoted it earlier. Hmm. Um, that land there is Chintamani, right? The, the, the sand, the grains of sand. Chintamani is the philosopher's stone. It's so that you touch this this stone to gold, to metal, to iron, and it turns it into gold. Something like that. Wish, wish fulfilling stone. The land is made of such. Hmm? The trees, kalpabriksha, they can can make a wish, and a tree will produce that kind of fruit. Any any kind of thing, anything you want. Kamadenu, the cows from the udders, you can milk out whatever you want. This sounds like a great place to go, <laughs> but this, but the but this but the a thoughtful person will think. But the people there, they don't want anything. Hmm? 
Ami kichu China, Ami kichu China. They don't want anything. I don't want anything. You mean you have a cow and out of her udder you could milk out whatever you wanted and you don't want anything? What What are you about? And they, they're all about Krishna, Nam. This one thing. Hmm? I wrote a poem about it, but I see it not here. Um, you have a copy of Aesthetic Vedanta somewhere? Is Sanatana here now? I don't. So I wanted to read something from there. So uh, see if you can find it. Uh, here, here, come on and we'll go. Okay, here it is. He's got his desk with him. Okay, Hare Krishna. <laughs> Right. Hmm. So there, they could have whatever they wanted. Is the point? Hmm? It's chintamani dam. Hmm? But 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 a thoughtful person see they don't want anything. Hmm? They don't want anything. Neither they can, is is more immortality a concern for them. Mahaprabhu said it like this: Mama janmani janmani shvare babatad bhakti hoy tukitui. I don't want anything. Hmm? And being free from birth and death is of no consequence to me, he says. Hmm? And things and immortality, this is karma mark, right? I wrote a poem about this uh, idea that what? That, in, that there's a wealth of Vrindavan. Hmm? And it's not things, and it's not immortality. Those are like byproducts. Um, I've explained it like this in other, at other times. When you love, then your existence, existence and knowledge, you, to love you have to exist and you have to know. Hmm? Some knowing is there, so you have to be cognizant. Hmm? Although love can knock you out. Uh, but that's the point I'm making. When you love, then being and knowing become are are part of that. But they're kind of a, a inconsequential. Inconsequential. They're not. They don't have much consequence. Hmm? In Gyanmarg, being is of a great consequence. Hmm? In Yogamarg, knowing is of great consequence. In Bhakti Marg of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, especially. Loving is of great consequence, and being and knowing are are just kind of uh, they're there because they have to be something like that. That's why Vrindavan is depicted as being so small. It's a small place. Hmm? If you want to really be, then you really want to be, you know, in a big house. Hmm? And uh, this is where I am, and my 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 existence, my plane of being, my domain. It's bit. It's depicted as very small, uh, off in in some corner of Goloka, even hmm? when when Krishna came to Rathiyatra, well, to to Kurukshetra, I should say, for the solar eclipse in his princely lila, riding on elephants with Balaram and trumpeters and and and, and 
and rishis reciting the Vedas and so on and so forth. They set up a like a like a like a Olympics, you know, a city. They set up a city just for the whole affair. And Prince Krishna was there, and Vasudev, and meanwhile, invitation was sent out everywhere. So at some point, these covered wagons come in, you know, pulled by by oxen, and uh, <laughs> and they 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 come in and say, "We'd like to come in." I was like, "Who are you?" You know, this is like Prince Krishna's place, Vasudev's place. And where are you from? Some outback Aboriginal type of people they were they were looked at, and Mother said, I'm, "Mother Soda says I'm his mother." Are you talking about Devaki Putra Vasudev? You know, some imposter here. But her Vatsalya Bhava, her parental affection for Krishna, was just like something that they couldn't like work, you know, go against. And so word got out. Somebody's at the door and says, "She's your mother." At the gate says, "She's your mother. She should be allowed in for free. She doesn't have a ticket or anything." She, you know, she hasn't, she hasn't brought any official invitation. She must have just heard something. She's claiming to be your mother just on top of that. As Krishna said, oh, let them in, bring the wagons in, right? And then they all, the wagons circled Krishna. Then they made their own little world in there. Then he spoke with the cowherd boys, with his mother, and with the gopis and Radha. Hmm? So it's a small place. The, the more the love is there, and the knowledge is, you know, they don't know. They didn't know the Vedas. They didn't have education or anything like that. Uddhava was sent there to educate them. Uddhava was sent to educate them in Brahmagyan. You shouldn't lament. By the will of providence, sometimes we are brought together with others. Sometimes we're separated. And the gopis looked at him and said, you know, we have no appetite for this. We, we, hmm. Krishna is providence. So how can you make him blameless? Hmm. And they began to preach to Uddhava in a way that he had, he had never like thought of things before. He was overwhelmed by their their bhakti that made Brahmagyan hmm, look small. He was told, don't lament. Don't hanker. Hmm. Then he thought, wait a minute, they're lamenting about Krishna. They're hankering about Krishna. <laughs> How does this work? Hmm? Spiritual life is free from hankering and lamentation. Attachment is the whole problem. Hmm? They're so, at- But they're attached to Krishna in a way that they, uh, it's, it's extraordinary. So, point anyway is, like I say, the, the love is so great there that, if you, uh, that, they, that the, the, the knowledge... Becomes small in comparison, and and the and the and the, and the, the being hmm, becomes small. Of course, it's still the best knowledge and the best being. Hmm. You understand it? Hmm? Loving existence is the best existence, even while exi- the, the existence or the domain in which you live is of not of much consequence. Hmm? If you love, it doesn't matter. You could live in the hollow of a tree, but it's the best place. Nonetheless, hmm? you see, Goloka is is bigger, in another sense, than all other planes, by measure of rasa of affection. Hmm? You go from 
the confines of time and space to the expansive Brahman, hmm? no beginning and no end, big space, no beginning, no end, and nobody else. Well, it's big, but it's not that cool. I don't know. It's, there's nobody here. <laughs> so then what? So then, then you go to Vaikuntha. Then it starts to look like it's small again, confined by time and space. That's not a ca- the case. The Dham should not be thought of in terms of geographical limitations and so forth, miles. and Those are rasa miles when they measure the circumference of, of the Dham and so forth. Hmm? It's bigger, it looks smaller, but it's bigger because of affection there. Hmm? From Brahman to Vaikuntha is a huge step in, 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 in affection. And from Vaikuntha to the Mahabaikuntha, to Golok, oh then... And in in Braj, the center of Golok becomes so small, it's an insignificant little place, hmm? really. Hmm? Uh, but it, that corresponds with the measure of the affection there. Hmm? And that makes the smallest place qualitatively the best place. And the kind of knowledge, it makes it the best kind of knowledge, even when, in other words... It's just like another way to say it also. like Krishna in Dwarka is present physically. He's absent in Vrindavan, but he's more present in Vrindavan in his absence than he is present in Dwarka in his presence. Hmm? The love there is so, for him is so, so great. So there's a wealth anyway to Vrindavan and it's its love. Even though you could get anything you wanted there, it's depicted like that. The people who want things might think, I'll go there. There are cows you can milk and get whatever you want. There's there's magical stones there and and trees that can you can get you know I could get a computer from a tree I mean whatever I wanted I should go there. Hmm? But then someone is supposed to get attracted to the place and then think then start to hear about the people there and realize they don't want anything. What have they got? So anyway, here's the poem. In a land of touchstone, fully satisfied people crave one thing alone, not fortune, nor freedom, no care for, frame, for fame, but a taste of two syllables that make up his name. Animate and inanimate, all lost in his will, what is it that enables them to move? Be still. Love eternal, love divine, love of Krishna, so sublime, the truth that is beauty in a realm beyond time. Who knows that place at once knows all, yet at the same time knows not at all. For truth is beauty, but beauty calls, and calling beauty bewilders us all. Hmm? This is Vrindavan, <laughs> in my words. It's a bewildering place. Hmm? Ooh. Or the fact that Krishna's God, the knowledge that Krishna's God is is lost for the sake of intimacy, and the wealth is that love. So today we will proceed then and give the um, mantra diksha to those of you who gather for this, and 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 blessing for chanting the name. So let me first give the mantra to those. Um, and the uh, way I'll do that, I'll call you forward and I'll give you the 
Gopal Mantra in your ear. And then afterwards, you come see me, and um, there's some other mantras I'll give you, and then I'll give you the mantra on paper also so that you can gradually, you can learn it. Okay, so come, you come first. So you're chanting every day? Okay, good. And you're getting out of school this this year? Next year. Next year. year. Okay. Then you're going to come and live with me for a while, then. Okay. Right here. Travel with me for some time. Okay, good. His mother recently, uh, Bhaktilata, put him under my care, and I've got a paper that says that officially. <laughs> but she made a mistake when she was filling it out. It's a big mistake, too, because it says on there that Swami Tripurari is the temporary guardian of my son, Bhavindranam. And, you know, I'm his eternal guardian, so <laughs> I told her she has to send it back. <laughs> okay, so, come. Okay. When are you, when are you, when are you guys going to move here? It's up to you, you know. Your father told me whenever she wants. Okay. I keep telling him that, you know. It's in your hands. Okay. Mantra I give you, you chant every day, and I'll give you some other mantras too. These mantras, each one will be chanted ten times, three times a day. So, seven mantras altogether. So, one mantra ten times, next mantra ten times. That's 70 mantras in the morning, 70 in the Noon, midday, seventy in, in the evening at the sundium, at the crossing. So that as you move from one period of the day, from 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 night, I should say, the twenty-four hours from night to day, the crossing. Hmm? I meditate on what my life's about, and then the day crosses from morning to to, to the afternoon again at the sundium. I sit, I sit peacefully, meditate. Then, as day turns into evening, again I sit. So, in this way, you, you then you don't get too far. 
point is from remembering what your day is about and and so on. Trisandyam. And as Vishwanatha Upitakura says, what Bande Guru, what is it? Yasya Prashadat, Bhagavat Prashadu, Yasya Prashad and Agati Kutupi. So you can fulfill this also idea. Um, in this way, because the Guru Mantra is also there in Guru Gayatri. So, okay. Again, all of you will come see Sanatan afterwards. I'm going to give you the paper with the mantra, then you can see me. Hmm. I'll give the other mantras. So now you duly, fully initiated. Please set a good example for others. Haribo. beads this is your part of your uniform identification as a devotee people have some they like this thing oh that's a nice necklace you've got there what's that about that way they, they very much protect you they make you talk about Krishna then you go Oh, where do I begin? What's that about? Um, have you got a lifetime? <laughs> but then you see, you have to use your mind you have to think, well, what is this about? And how am I going to talk about this? And then you got to say something. And then you don't say it right, and you go, hey, darn it, I should have said this. I should have said that. And then you can't sleep at night, and that's why it's good. <laughs> think about Krishna. So, that followed by the tapa, which is very gentle, as we heard, given our very gentle and merciful Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, very generous. So you should be generous with others, Krishna. Krishna. Looks good. Very good. I need water. Oh, I see. Okay. I'll give you this, too. This is the Pundra moment. And Guru Keshavaya Namaha. Very good. And Nam. And so for you, I give you a, give you a name and the name from the Maha Mantra. And I'll whisper that in your ear. Now, if you tell me how many rounds you've chanted. Good, good. That's good. Standard for a householder man. That's the standard my Guru Maharaj wanted also. So, I want to give you a name somewhat relevant to our discussion. And since we, well, here, first I'll give you the mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare. 
So we're in remembrance of the Kumaras and their highest ideal. We'll name you Nanda Kumar. Nanda Kumar. As the, the Kumar of, of, of Nanda Maharaj, that's the father of Krishna, and Nand is the verbal root for for bliss. So Kumaras, they they went from Gyan to Bhakti, is the idea. And, and the Bhakti of uh, centered on Nanda Kumar, that's the full face of Bhakti that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was giving to the world. Nanda Kumar, Das Kijai. So, that concludes our function for the day and for the weekend. Very nice to sit with all of you. And um, I'll be here for a couple more weeks, so you're welcome to stay on, if you like. Some of you are staying on, so that's good for me. Otherwise, um, our project is developing here nicely. We'll be doing some road work and putting in new roads this week. And um, we're building a campground so the next time you come, there's a campground, bathhouse on the land and so forth. And gradually we're going to turn some of the campsites into cabins also. We're also putting, building an interim temple.